This is the Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College in the City University of New York. For more, visit theannexpodcast.com. I, I mean, I, I guess I got to do Aziz and sorry. We got to talk oh, about Oh, yeah. Aziz well, I was sorry. thinking that because, like, for months now, Leslie's been saying, it's coming, it's coming. Somebody's going to overreach mm-hmm. it, and there'll be a backlash, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody agrees that this was it. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to Caitlin Flanagan, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, my God, she has been brutal. Like, I, I, said, on, uh, I said on Twitter that if, um, if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon had starred <laughs> Caitlin Flanagan instead of uh, Michelle Yao, that uh, after the first 20 minutes, the entire movie would have just been her just, like, absolutely beating the shit out of the Shang-Chi Yi character. <laughs> Holy moly. I mean, she has nothing but contempt for... Um, these young writers who were, uh, you know, wrote the story, then defending it. And uh, I mean, there seems to be kind of a generational gap in that you have kind of like mm-hmm. older Gen X women versus younger yeah. millennial women. Uh, well, wait, go ahead. Wait, yeah. let's do that. Let's, let's present it first, just in case somebody has been living in a hole. <laughs> Anybody want the honors? Or yeah, it's your bad. Oh, no, God. All right. Banter. So go ahead, Joe. there is an online zine called babe.net. And uh, they came out with a story from uh, a woman who, with a pseudonym grace, who recounted a, uh, 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 a date with Aziz Ansari that uh, was, I think it was presented as an example, maybe not of illegal assault, but a form of sexual aggression that she said was ruinous to her, something that uh, was a, a horrible experience with a lasting uh, impression. And in this story in babe.net, they rec- she recounts in in quite some detail uh, a date between Aziz and Sari, who has presented himself as a you know a feminist or you know feminism sensitive comic, and this woman and a sociologist. Wait, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's self presented as a sociologist. He co-authors books with uh, Eric Klinenberg. Oh, I'm going to pass on that whole. <laughs> 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 In any case, it was quite detailed. I'm not going to get into it, but it was a scene that I'm sure many women have uh, felt played out. And uh, this, unlike previous sort of big scoops where uh, a a celebrity has gotten caught up in the Me Too movement, this one prompted some backlash. And I don't know how to feel about it. It's quite complex. What were your reactions, guys, to the whole Aziz and Sari? Your personal reactions? Well, I, like I said, I, I a lot of people were saying that it was basically revenge porn, mm. uh, and I said that's not quite right because there were no pictures, and it was intended for an audience of women, so it's really revenge erotica. Um, I, I don't know. I, when I, heard, when I first, uh, when I first heard about the story, I was listening to the radio and then I went and read the piece. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't but reflect back on what I've been saying, right. In my Cassandra moments for weeks and weeks now, I was like, are you, this is too much. This is too much. This is too much. Right. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. I think we've all been there and I think men have been there as well where you're in this intimate setting and you say to yourself, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And now how do I try and backtrack out of it? 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to me that that was part of what she, what she, what she said she'd been trying to do. She was trying to be polite. She didn't want to hurt his feelings. She thought that she'd been very clear with her nonverbal cues, and he mm-hmm. just really didn't seem to to read them. And I don't know that I like. I just couldn't see that as constituting sexual assault, okay, or anything near that. And I, 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 I question the purpose of having this story be aired in the first place. Um, you know, I've had I had a conversation about this with one of my colleagues, who's maybe. I don't know. I think she's like eight years younger than I am. And Mm -hmm. her whole thing is like, well, you know, it's, it all goes back to the socialization of girls, right? Like that's what happens. They make us compliant. And so then we get into these situations and so we can't say no, so we shouldn't be blamed. And Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what Caitlin Flanagan was like, suck it up girls, say no. Right. Um, Yeah. And I wonder about, well, what about the socialization of boys? I mean, if you're going to say that we should blame Aziz Ansari because of the way in which girls have been socialized to be compliant, you know, uh, shouldn't we also be looking at the, the flip side of that? How are boys being socialized? Are boys being socialized to, you know, in the words of, of one of the senators about, you know, sort of the victory of the shutdown uh, after the shutdown, I'm trying to paraphrase. I think he said that persistence wins out over intelligence every time. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, is that how boys are, are socialized? Um, to think about, you know, hey, you know, she might be saying no, but until she says no, persistence will win out, right? I don't know. I've, I have, I wasn't raised a boy, so I don't know how that goes. <laughs> well, there's plenty of movies there. <laughs> I, I learned something new about you every day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's plenty of movies, right? She doesn't like him, and he keeps on trying and stuff. But it, often it's in a romantic context. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. play out like the Aziz and Sari story happens with him pulling her head to his crotch and things like that and you know what those are behaviors that should be out of the script to begin with right i'm not i'm not so anti this grace article as others like i i think that there is a story in there it is worth talking about and the way he uh the way aziz and sorry is said to have behaved is something that has to get out of the script on the other hand I think this dude is done career wise. Uh, well, I'm sorry. You think I think Aziz and sorry is? is uh, I don't even. I I, and and I think it's because it was so clearly overreach, right? In that it was presented as being of a piece with sexual harassment and sexual assault, and it was neither. They didn't have any type of employment or business relationship or even prospective uh, employment relationship, and you know, it wasn't sexual assault. No, exactly. So, There's a huge yeah. difference between a guy being a skeeve and like a guy being yeah. an assaulter or a potential rapist, right? Um, he sounds like yeah. a skeeve. Like he sounds like he's like, eh, I wouldn't go on a date with him anyway, right? Yeah, but that's that's yeah. his shtick. That's his shtick is that he's like an enlightened guy and he's like, guys, get it together. Let's be real. And like it turns out, that he's like a yank your head towards his crotch type of dude. He's just as dumb as everybody, you know, all of the the skeezes that he purports to stand, you know, apart from. Well, I think the difference is he would not pull your head to his crotch in the workplace. <laughs> right? Maybe. There's a difference. 
Yeah, it's a low bar, though. It I is. don't know. It's- it, no, here's my thing. It is a low bar. It is a low bar. But I think, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that she wasn't scarred by this. I'm not saying she wasn't troubled by this. But what I, what I am saying is we need to be better about, you know, about being clear that there's a difference between sexual assault, right? Um, sexual misconduct in the workplace and someone just being, you know, not someone you want to go on a date with, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I really agree with what Leslie was just saying about, you know, the, there can be a fact of someone's subjective experience that is, you know, they are scarred, they are traumatized, whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that there was a crime mm. or a tort or anything like that. But it also doesn't mean that you completely ignore it. Um, you, you don't call it something it ain't, you know, um, and you don't, but, you know, very often th- these do reflect toxic dynamics uh, or unfortunate practices that we really should deal with. So, you know, there, so some of the um, cases uh, I'm not going to make any assessment whether whatsoever about whether these are modal or not. But some of the cases that you hear talked about um, with regards to like campus sexual assault involve things where the, it's absolutely clear that the young woman involved is traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't seem like at the time uh, she was sexually assaulted in any meaningful sense in these specific instances I'm thinking of. I'm not, I'm not claiming what the rate is. Mm-hmm. So for instance, there was a case at Oxy College where um, a young woman got completely drunk and basically mm-hmm. went <clears throat> around her dorm uh, begging somebody to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And eventually somebody did. And this is how she lost her virginity. And as you'd imagine, she didn't feel great about that after the fact. Mm. So, and I think part of the problem is, is that we don't really have a language for explaining that this is a horrible way to feel, you know, and she is in a very bad place emotionally and she, you know, and she experienced something awful and there may even be structural solutions to that, such as, you know, reducing underage drinking. Uh, you know, or that sort of thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she was sexually assaulted uh, in that specific uh, instance. Right. I mean, it's hard to judge, right? In such a yeah. in such an abstract case. Can I just uh, bring up yeah. one more issue about Caitlin Flanagan? There was one piece of her critique that did it. It resonated with me. And do you? Did you guys read the article where she went through the content of Babe.net, the magazine? Oh, my God. That was hilarious. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of articles talking up rape fantasies. Yeah. Well, not just that, but also. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of the ones where it's like, you know, give mine. Wait, was it mind altering, life changing, something like that? Yeah, uh, I mean that's the Cosmo stuff. But like, uh, yeah, absolutely. It is odd to me that like, and I understand that people can fantasize about what they want in the abstract, and it doesn't mean that it's acceptable in real life and stuff. But like, on mm-hmm. one hand, you have this outlet that's, uh, you know, championing the Me Too and bringing, trying to bring out voices against. Suppose you know men who are said to be predatory, and at the same time, like I, I, I don't know, treating rape like a commonplace desire of women, and I feel like there's a lot of mixed messages there. Maybe it's just a symptom of us needing to really hash out a lot of issues. Yeah, I, I thought the real hypocrisy it wasn't 
necessarily them talking, you know, them having all their articles about rape fantasies. Because um, like you said, people, you know, may have weird fantasies about things that they wouldn't, that they obviously wouldn't want to actually experience. But what's struck me is like really hypocritical and awful and just like, you know, forget these people was the uh, email they sent to Ashley Banfield, who, you know, uh, is a television host who disagreed with them. And they sent her an email that basically said, fuck you, you dried up old hag, you know, and, uh, and, and at one point they're like, oh, well, what the part of the letter she read was out of context. And so she posted the whole letter and it was even worse. Mm. You know, so I, and like the, the letter was just like so mean and basically saying like, you know, you know, it, it was so just like a horrible uh, letter and misogynistic in the way that women sometimes are to each other. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, there was more than a little bit of Gretchen Wieners about it mm-hmm. or not Gretchen Wieners. Um, what's her name? The head one. Uh, Regina George about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, it, that's what really struck me as like totally hypocritical, much more than some of the uh, content they've published about, uh, you know, women's fantasies. All right. Leslie, you want last word on this? Or um, just yeah, on? I mean, I, I think my last word on this is, you know, I, I think it was you, Joe, maybe who mentioned, you know, this idea of there being this generational divide. And, you know, there is, I think, a generational divide um, among among women, right, in terms of this, right? I mean, this newest wave of feminism, which I think people of my generation don't think of this as part of feminism at all, but there seems to be this newest wave of feminism that says, look, if I wanna objectify myself, that's my right as a woman, right? That's feminism, right? And there's, you know, those of us who were in our late 30s, you know, and above, who are saying, no, we fought against that. <laughs> we don't want, we don't want to be objectified, right? Um, you can be pretty for yourself, right? Without objectifying yourself. And it seems to me that a bunch of the stuff on that site actually in many ways are like very reductionist in terms of what a woman is, what a woman wants, um, while at the same time says, oh my God, can you believe we get reduced, right? Um, mm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think it is partly a generational divide. I think it is also partly, I, I don't know, I think it's getting harder and harder for men and women in this new age of, of, I don't know, of, of all of us being on our screens all the time uh, to know how to communicate with each other, right? You know, you know what though, Leslie. I, so that was Caitlin Flanagan who talked about the generational divide. And I remember we we had a conversation about it offline when it broke because we were just so anxious to talk about it. And I remember saying, "Yeah, things have changed, but not so much." Like I remember in our dating days, as a, as a man, you meet different types of women, and some women are very strong and you know, very will very readily stand up for themselves. But if you date enough as a man, you run into women who just do not seem to have sort of the backbone or strength of character to assert themselves. And as a guy, you kind of have to make, you know, you have to make your own ethical, you have to make an ethical choice when you're faced with that situation. Like, do you take advantage of someone's, you know, uh, lack of confidence or conflict averseness or, you know, general weak will or, and are you the good guy or do you try to take advantage of it in the way that like in that skeezy way that Aziz Ansari was? And, 
you know, I think this is a good story for that, for, to teach men and, and, and to, you know, bring maybe bring that forward. You know, just because you are with somebody pliable, uh, you know, put the antenna up and see if, you know, you're getting reluctant pliability or uh, somebody who's, you know, just maybe genuinely interested. You've been listening to the Annex, a sociology podcast. For more information, visit theannexpodcast.com. Music is by Lena Orsa. Our production team included Anika Chowdhury and Liseth Moreno. On behalf of the Annex team, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>